Hey, don't touch that dial, everybody. This is the Aaron Advantage Podcast. I'm the guest host this week. My name's Ken McWilliams with FC Tucker Emge, and this week we're turning the tables and we're going to be talking to Aaron. Ken McWilliams, the first ever to come in and interview me on my own podcast. I gotta admit, not sure what to expect on this. He has given me no information, has asked me none of these questions, so I am flying blind, much like most of my guests are most of the time. So, Ken McWilliams, thank you for the opportunity to answer the questions instead of ask them. I'm ready to get started. Well, Aaron, welcome to your own podcast. (laughs) Okay. Am I on the hot seat? I want to know, are these going to be like hard-hitting questions, like I need to think about them, or is this a lighthearted, fun adventure? Oh, well... A little bit of both. How about okay. that? All right. I nothing, like that? Nothing too hard for you, Aaron. Sounds good. Sounds good. So, okay. First of all, you know, watching the Aaron Advantage podcast like I have uh, in the past, I've had ideas about starting a podcast, but I never knew exactly what I was going to do or how I was going to do it or, or anything like that. How did this podcast come about? That's a really good question. So I have been doing, as you know, videos for several years, um, and I have been trying to develop more content because the mission of the Aaron Advantage is to educate the consumer on the process of buying or selling a home to take the stress out of the sale. But I also found that people don't care just about hearing about buying and selling homes all the time. So my thought was, what is something that I can do to let people know who I am, show them my personality, and show them my expertise and the things I enjoy outside of just real estate? Um, So the best thing I could come up with was doing um, food challenge videos to start with because that's how I decided that would be a good content uh, build uh, build for my platform. And that did really well. Uh, But uh, in conjunction with my views increasing, so did my waistline, and I wasn't a big, huge fan of that. So I had to think of something else that I could do. So um, shout out to my man, Gary V. I listen to a lot of his content, and I follow a lot of his advice. And he started talking about pillar content that you can utilize to then chop up and make other things. And the number one thing that he promoted was you should do a podcast because it gives you an opportunity to have conversations, to d- develop videos, to utilize for writing blogs and all kinds of other things. And uh, I'm never one to shy away from the microphone so i thought podcast is the way to go yeah gives so, me gives me an opportunity to talk to a lot of people and uh, learn more about other people so i i enjoy all of that well sales meetings are never boring when you get the mic i'll <laughs> tell you that and whether i get the mic or take the mic i'm going to make sure to get my hands on it at some point well um okay so the next question i have for you is you know having watched i know you've been in the business for about 16 years correct yes okay and i kind of know how you started out mm-hmm. What is the best advice you can give a new realtor that, or uh, even a realtor that's been in the business for a while, maybe someone who's bounced in and out a couple of times, sure. um, to get their business off to a good start? The most important thing that you should do when you're thinking about getting into real estate that a lot of people overlook, unfortunately, is making sure you make the right brokerage selection. Um, You know, there's a lot of great brokerages out there. I'm extremely biased. I've been with FC Tucker since June of 2008. We merged from another company. I've basically been with the same people my entire real estate career. And that's because I think they give me the best tools, technology, and training to make sure that I am set up the best for success. And I think that's more important than people realize. 
I think a lot of people see real estate as a commodity because you watch, you know, all these different shows on TV and all these things that are happening. And it almost looks like every broker just does the same thing. And it's really not the case. Yeah, you only show three houses to a couple. They make a decision and then everybody walks away extremely happy. Yeah, I've only had that happen um, never in my career. So. <laughs> So HGTV is a lie. Um, and, you know, and a lot of people want to focus specifically on just, hey, what's the commission split look like? What's my pay scale look like? And they don't think about the things that are the most important for success, which is who's actually going to train me to sell real estate? Who's actually going to help me hone my skills to do the best things to set myself up for success? Um, the, the hard truth about real estate is you got to take this course to get a license and it does absolutely nothing to teach you about selling real estate. Right. It gives you uh, vocabulary, nomenclature, basic information. Um, you know, I learned how to calculate the cubic yardage of concrete for a driveway being poured. And I've used that for absolutely zero clients. Um, so setting yourself up and aligning with the right brokerage to make sure that you're taken care of, that you have good people in place to answer your questions, who have experience going through the things that you're going to be going through, right. and to train you on how to develop your relationships and your database is the number one most important thing in my book for any agent who's thinking about getting started or anybody who's been in the business and has had something missing and they can't quite put their finger right. on what it is. Right. And I'm going to get to the brokerage question a little later. But uh, so when you started out 16 years ago, mm -hmm. you've, you've gone through a transition over time. Did you think when you started – uh, with the Waldrop team back back then, that you'd be in management, that you'd have your own team. Um, you started when you were 19 years old. Right. So now you've got your sister and your mom working with you. Correct. Did you see that 16 uh, years ago? The, the plain and simple truth is absolutely not. Um, you know, whenever I first started working <clears throat> with Anita Waldrop, I had just come out of a year at Purdue, and I say a year at Purdue, um, I went there to be a pharmacist, and I attended class for about a semester, but I lived there for a year because I realized pretty quickly that pharmacy school just wasn't for me. Um, you know, nothing against pharmacists. I've got a lot of great friends who are pharmacists. I think it's a wonderful profession. It just didn't scratch the itch that I had to do different things. So I actually took a semester off of college to try to figure out what I wanted to do. Um, I knew I wanted to do some sort of business. Business, but I wasn't really sure what that looked like. And I was working at a gas station, actually, just uh, over in Fort Branch, just kind of working in the food prep area. I'd worked at a McDonald's through high school. So food is kind of what right. I knew at that point in my life. And then one day I got a call from my buddy Grant and he was just like, hey, my mom needs somebody to answer the phone. So it wasn't even like I was starting off in real estate to be in real estate. I was just there to answer the phones and help with some things. And I knew at some point, pretty much my entire life, I knew I wanted to own a business of some sort. And getting into working with a team and everything kind of afforded me the opportunity that even though I was working with someone, I had that autonomy that I could have it like running my own business. Um, and, you know, Anita and Grant were both phenomenal to work with because they listened to my ideas. They loved implementing the things that I was kind of learning and coming up with. So I had that ability to kind of be you know, the person who had the ideas and all that stuff without the uh, risk or the liability of being the person who owned everything. And I loved that. And I just continued developing through that process and everything else, graduated college, started helping train other people. 
Um, I, I don't think there was ever a spot in my mind where I had a clear career path that I was like, this is what I want to go for. It was, hey, these are the things I noticed that I enjoy, or these are the the passion points in my life. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to really double down on those and see where they take me. And I've been very fortunate to be offered the opportunities to, you know, first take uh, a management position with uh, FC Tucker in the Newburgh office um, and then start my own team shortly after that and uh, bring my family into the business and now be asked to move to another office and start managing with some other fantastic FC Tucker agents at our uh, 7820 building. Right. And you get to look at one every day. I know. It's fantastic. My sister sits right there in front of me. It's awesome. Oh, well, I was talking about myself. But anyway. Yes, I see you too. It's It's great to see you in the office. All right. You said something here just a second ago uh during that answer about running your own business Mm -hmm. you were thinking you know one day you knew you wanted to run your own business right so here you are you're you're a husband yes you're a dad yep you're a brother a son you're you sell i do you're a manager correct okay how do you get it to where I was going to ask you, what do you, what do you do in your spare time? Yeah. But the better uh, way to ask that question is, okay, how do you get the business to, how, how do you run your business without your business running you? That's a really good question. And, you know, for many years, I probably uh, didn't do as good a job as I should have on that, to be quite honest. Uh, I remember having a conversation with my wife. We'd been married for a few months at the time. And I just, I'm, you know, I'm working 12, 13 hours a day every day. And she's like, is it always going to be like this? And I said, you know, with us being young now, not having kids at the time, uh, we had one on the way. Um, my goal is to make sure that I can do everything I can to set myself up for success in the future. So when we do have kids and we have things going on, I can step back from doing all that stuff to make sure that I'm in their lives and I'm able to be there for different activities and things. Um, and the only way I could do that was by working hard while I was developing my relationships mm-hmm. with the other agents in the area and everything else going on to make sure that I could set myself up for the most success possible, which meant there were some long, long hours, many weeks. But then it got to a point where I'm like, yeah, I have to be more disciplined. I have to put right. more time in my calendar to make sure that I'm taking care of the things that matter the most, which is my family and taking care of those things. So the way I run my business and don't let my business run me now is every single appointment, every single day is completely structured. And my big, most important, non-movable things go in the calendar first. I have family time put in my calendar every Sunday. I have church time put in my calendar every Sunday. Um, I have my lead gen time that's set up specifically to make sure I'm following up with with potential clients in my calendar. Jared James, that's for you there, buddy. (laughs) Uh, And I'm making sure that everything is structured and I have plenty of time set up that I am taking care of people to the best of my ability. I'm still not great about structuring time off. I just had a uh, coaching call with my business coach today and I told him flat out, I am failing at taking time off because I'm passionate about what I, what I do. And I really want to make sure that my people are taken care of. And sometimes that bleeds into my own professional boundaries. I've gotten better about informing my clients on the front end, what they can expect when they're working with me. Um, And letting them know that I do have a team of other people who are there to back me up. So if you ever can't reach me, here's someone else you can reach out to. I'm involved with every conversation. I know everything that's going on. So even if you're not talking to me today, you're going to get an an answer from me or you're going to get advice that came from me to make sure you're taken care of. What's What's your biggest pet peeve when you're dealing with another real estate agent? Not to single anyone out. 
But, you know, what do some other agents who maybe don't have the training? I'll be real honest. The biggest pet peeve I have with other agents isn't the ones that don't have the training. It's the ones who don't have the training who have been in it for a year or two that they're simple questions to answer that I can take a moment, set them aside and say, Hey, I don't know if anybody's ever told you this, but here's something that's going on. So for example, I had an agent reach out to me one time, wrote an offer on one of my listings, happened to be a manufactured home. And they wrote an offer for USDA financing, which you can't do. Like It's just right. one of those things that's not possible. And this agent has been in the business, you know, 12 to 18 months at that point in time. So I pick up the phone, I call the other agent. And I just said, hey, you know, first off, they just sent it over, didn't text. You know, communication is the number two biggest pet peeve of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, I just wanted to ask a couple questions because I've noticed a few things that maybe you're not aware of. First off, do you know if your buyer's qualified to purchase with an FHA loan? Well, you know, I'm not 100% sure we've been looking at USDA. I know that's an area that's approved for USDA. And I'm like, you're absolutely correct. It is. However, USDA won't finance a manufactured home unless there's a couple specific criteria that have to be met, which this home doesn't. Um, and she's like, oh, I wasn't aware of that. I'll find out. Um, you know, thanks for letting me know. And I said, I'm going to I'm going to do you another favor. I'm going to present your offer, but I'm going to tell my seller not to respond because I don't want to try to get back with a rejection. If you can find out that they're going to be able to be qualified for FHA, I said, but I want my seller to know that, hey, this is a good offer. These are qualified buyers. We just got to find out if we can swap the loan to what they need. That agent called me back and they're like, hey, you know, unfortunately, they can't go FHA. But I've had multiple run-ins with that agent over the years since then. And every time I talk to them, she she or he has said, you're the only person who's ever taken the time whenever I did something wrong to actually call me and ask a question as opposed to just telling me I'm an idiot. And I think that's my biggest pet peeve is the fact that this is an industry that we are cooperating brokers and people don't take the time to slow down and educate the new people in the business to help everybody make things a little bit easier. Because if I had just blown her off, she would, may have come back and made the same mistake again. And then I'd be frustrated again that they didn't know right. what was going on. Right. So that that's my biggest pet peeve is people don't educate. They just get frustrated and upset. And then they'll talk down about somebody. And that that's my number one biggest pet peeve. Number two, like I said, it's communication. It's not that hard to pick up the phone or send a text message. Don't hide behind an email. Right. Communication is a big deal for me, too, because, you know, I think real estate's one of those things that's constantly changing. Mm -hmm. And there are things that may change that I'm not aware of. Right. Though Tucker does make it really hard not to know because sales meetings, build your business, every opportunity that that there's a moment to teach – where we get that training, which is, is which is why I'm happy to be with Tucker. And, and honestly, it's to the benefit of the broker to do that. Like, and make you're absolutely correct. Things change constantly. Our forms get updated every single year, and sometimes there are minor revisions that don't make much of a difference. But sometimes there are huge changes that need to be discussed. And I am super excited to be with a brokerage that makes sure that every time there are some kind of changes or anything else, we have those educational opportunities to make sure that people know what's going on. Well, um, and you had talked about that other agent and and kind of teaching moment, right? You know, and a similar circumstance happened to me when I was a new agent, where I got on Zip forms and I wrote up a contract. I was very proud to, you know, it was a family member. I was and and I sent the offer over. I let the other agent at another company know about it, and. Uh, 
she called and said, hey, I'm going to present your offer. I appreciate you you writing it up. She goes, um, are you a commercial realtor? Uh, no. <laughs> well, it's on a commercial purchase agreement. I just wanted to let you know that. And, you know, I'll go ahead and present it because, you know, it's it's well, it's well written well enough and, 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 and everything. The terms just, are good enough. We just, can figure it out. Just yeah. for the future, just so you know, uh, you might want to use the uh, appropriate agreement and and it was put in such a way it was very professional mm-hmm. but also taught me to pay attention next time i i i'm i'm excited that technology has advanced and made communication a lot more efficient over the years texts are great phone calls are super easy emails available all the time but i think that came at the detriment of people understanding how to communicate and i and i i'm working hard to try mm-hmm. to get people back to that of, hey, professional communication and negotiation is still a part of this industry. It's still a big part of what we have to do as agents. And I think that's one of the things that's been lacking. And and we're working hard to change that. Well, one of the things that I think the managers in our company are good at doing is reminding you that other realtors are your repeat customers. Yeah. You have to... Well, you don't have to, but you should maintain a good relationship with people and try to communicate with them in a professional and ethical way so that the next time you have a transaction with them, they're not rolling their eyes Mm -hmm. or, you know, maybe telling their clients, well, this may be a bumpy ride. Or, you know, let's let's take it back to 2021 and the first part of 2022 when everything's on fire and every property is getting multiple offers. Mm -hmm. There was many, many times that I got a call from the listing agent and said, hey, you're not the best offer, but you're the person that we want to work with. Would your people be willing to do this? Mm -hmm. And just based on those past relationships, those other transactions that we had done and developing that rapport over the years made a difference, not just for me to have the opportunity to work with somebody again, but for my clients to have the opportunity to buy the house that they wanted. I think that's something that goes overlooked too much. Okay. Now I'm going to throw a couple of questions in okay, that, we that were given to me. I had coffee this morning with our mutual friend, uh, Eric Gooch. Friend with, of the podcast. With you, yeah. Uvest. And, uh, you know, he's our my uh, financial advisor for my wife, Jenny, and myself. And his, his question was, um, do you use a special body wash for your head? <laughs> uh, I do not use a special body wash for my head. As a matter of fact, I actually use face face wash. Uh, I start from the neck and go all the mm. way up. So um, I have found that uh, Nivea for men is my favorite uh, face wash to use for both my face and bald head. Thank, cool. Thanks for that question, Eric. Well, uh, follow-up question <laughs> from Kyle Bernhardt. Oh, here we go. Do you wax your head uh i do not wax my head however i do utilize aftershave uh again neck up all all the way around the the head um because razor burn is a big problem um like you think it hurts when you have a collared shirt on with some razor burn oh yeah try putting on a hat with a bald head with some razor burn Mm. that is some of the worst thing ever or going for a run and getting sweaty both of those just um not not experiences I've ever enjoyed. So I have to make sure um, I've got two different companies that I like to utilize for that dollar shave club and Harry's razors. Both have uh, pretty phenomenal aftershave products that uh, work wonders uh, for both my face and my, for my bald head. 
Good to know. Okay, I've asked all. all so, so if you need any stocking stuffers, Ken, you can get me one of them. <laughs> I've asked all my prepared questions, but as we're talking, I'm thinking about you know I've watched uh, I watched your interview with Grant yeah. uh, Grant Waldrop uh, with uh, Molly. Oh wow, I'm Molly Finley. Her. Molly Finley. Yeah. Uh, whose Instagram uh, videos are funny as can be, and Harvier. Yes. Um, which he inspired me when when you did that in in our build your business uh-huh. uh, because you know I have a quir- you know me I have a quirky weird sense of humor and uh, maybe not as quirky and weird as Harvier and I I certainly don't get out in town as much as as he does but uh, um, they have a little bit more things to do around town in Jersey City than we than we have here yeah. yeah. Well, we still have. We a lot have a to wonder. Do. We have a wonderful city with plenty to do, but uh, Jersey City is a different world. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so okay, you've interviewed lots. You know, Eric Gooch. We mentioned mm-hmm. Eric. Um, who's on your dream list interview? Oh, that's a good question. Um, there's a couple different people who I would love to interview um, that I don't foresee this ever happening, but you know, you never know until you find out. Uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, obviously, is one of the people I would love to interview. Um, I've listened to his podcast many, many times. Um, the The practical knowledge that he gives, not just the tactical stuff, because even he says in his own keynotes, you know, any specific question on tactics or how to different kind of stuff, there's a, there's a wonderful website out there that you can utilize. And it's G-O-O-G-L-E or Google.com. We all walk around with one of these that has access to limitless knowledge and we don't want to take the time to try to look stuff up ourselves. So I think the fact that he and I kind of share the same passion for the practical knowledge of things, which is making sure we're taking the time to get to know our clients and develop the relationships and making sure that we're taking care of those things on the front end to build that brand, to build a business. I think he would just be fun to interview on that because he knows his stuff. He and I are very much aligned on those kind of things, uh, but he brings a completely different perspective after having done this for you know a couple decades longer than I have as far as being in business. I'm going to hit on a, a, a few other things and then see where we go from there. Sure. But uh, the uh, well, recently we went to the uh, Jared James conference he's another guy that i would be happy to interview i actually hit him up on uh, instagram as he said i don't do podcasts because they ask terrible questions like what can agents do to build their business i said hey jared i won't ask bad questions be on my podcast he has not reached back out to me yet but i'm gonna keep i'm gonna keep after him sure and now i know you're also uh you were on a coaching call through you know and you're and we both have coaches mm-hmm. through uh brian buffini's uh, uh the buffini Buffini and Company. Yeah. Buffini and Company. Um, what's your biggest takeaway so far from Brian Buffini? Again, you know, the biggest takeaway from Brian I, that I think is often overlooked in the real estate business is that people a lot of times focus on the transaction. They want to say, hey, how much how much volume do I want to sell this year, which is a good question to ask, or how much money do I want to make this year, which is another good question to ask. But they never dive deeper into that, and they never look at their number one asset or what Brian refers to as the acres of diamonds right under their own feet, which is the relationships that they already have. And I think it's important in real estate to make sure that you are taking care of the people who put their trust in you. You know, buying a home or selling a home is handling one of the single largest financial investments in someone's life. Not only that, it's one of the largest emotional investments for a lot of the people who are buying or selling homes. You know, obviously investors don't have that emotional attachment, things of that nature. But we're with people through some of the hardest 
times of their life mm-hmm. through some of the most difficult decisions that they have to make. And a lot of people just come to the closing table with a prepackaged gift, say, congratulations, walk away, and then never follow up again. And, you know, my biggest takeaway has been something that I've really held true in my own business more than anything, which is my entire purpose is to make sure that I focus on the relationship first and then the business will come. You know, I've been very blessed that uh, my business has been about 95% referral this year, which is mm-hmm. either people who have worked with me in the past coming back and working with me again or getting direct referrals from people who have worked with me in the past. It's a much more uh, beneficial way to build a business, in my opinion. First off, I don't spend a ton of money on um, you know, buying leads or doing a bunch of crazy advertising right. or other things like that. And the second thing is, is it puts the power of my business in the palm of the hands of the people I'm working with. Because I have to do a really good job to make sure that they're going to send other people my way. Um, And if I don't do a good job, we all know that with the internet, unhappy people are much more likely to talk about their experience, even than people who are super excited about the experience that they had. So my biggest takeaway is just focusing on the relationships, just making sure that the people I'm working with understand that I care about them over the paycheck. And business will come from that. And that has absolutely been the case. That has absolutely been my experience. And I've met a lot of great people, a lot of potential clients, a lot of past clients, a lot of people who have become great friends. And uh, at Jared James, one of the, I mean, probably the the biggest thing that I learned was on the back of their t-shirts. Consistency is undefeated. Yes, consistency is undefeated. If there's one thing that in real estate that has always been my problem is, is consistency. And, you know, in any other position I've ever held in my life, from the military to whatever job I had, I always had a checklist. Always had a checklist. Yep. Every day, this is what I do. I check it off. Not not just a daily checklist, but a checklist that is constantly being edited mm-hmm. so that, you know, hey, I check NAR. I check Indiana Association of Realtors. I check the local news so that I know what's going on as far as development and things like that. And I realized after a while, I, in fact, I just started doing that. I created a checklist Mm -hmm. because, and I didn't have one. And here I am, you know, total of eight years in the real estate business. Right. And I never had a checklist and I'm finding it a little bit difficult to deal with this checklist now because, you know, wow, I haven't done this before. But if you're consistent in this business and you and, and like you had just said, you're consistent in what you do in your job and you build those relationships with your clients. And, you know, just like this weekend, I'm working with a couple. And while we're there, they just put an offer that was accepted on this home. Congratulations. Uh, excitement. Blind squirrel finds a nut every now and then. <laughs> His parents asked me for my card because they have a home on the west side of Evansville that they're thinking about listing, and they want me to come out and take a look and see nice. what I think it'll what they can get for it. So, you know, it's those relationships and, and building those and letting people know that they are important to you, not just, like you said, for the paycheck, but for 
the relationship mm-hmm. itself. You know, systems and organization is not uh, something that people think of when they think about real estate. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people get into this business because it's like, be your own boss, set your own hours, do whatever you want, make all this money. Um, some of those things are true. Um, but the thing that is probably the biggest mind-blowing moment for a lot of people is just how much paperwork goes into it the amount of systems that i have in place Mm -hmm. for what we do i mean i have like a 20-page training manual that i developed that's basically here's my process on paper and there are no two transactions that i've ever done that have gone the same in 16 years and hundreds of transactions no two have ever been alike (laughs) no matter what But there are certain things that you do for every single transaction that never changes. There are certain milestones within that transaction that are always going to be the same, that are points that I can then update the clients on what's going on. Um, And I think developing the organization and those systems takes a lot of the stress out of the process as well. Um, I tell people all the time, if you want to get into real estate, it is a simple business. It's not easy. It's simple but not easy. And what I mean by that is if you take care of your people and you're following up and you're answering the questions and you're doing all the things that you need to do to generate business, it will come. But it's not easy to stay on top of all those things. It's not easy to keep track of all the transactions that are going on. It's not easy to make sure that you've communicated all the things you need to communicate with all your buyers who you're working with. It's not easy to follow up with every seller and let them know the activity that they've had on their listing over the last week. It's not easy to make sure you're reaching out to the people who closed last year. So that's, again, why you need to go back to those people, those brokers at the beginning I mentioned, who help you put those systems in place, who teach you that you need those systems to give you some organization. A lot of people don't know this about me, but I'm a very, very meticulous uh, note taker. I'm a very meticulous uh, checklist writer. Like I have, I have to write everything down. I like to check my Mm -hmm. stuff off and all those things. And that's what keeps me sane, to be real honest with you. I have the most structured calendar of anybody that I know. I have color-coded uh, information about when my appraisals are, when my inspections are, my response deadlines, my closing deadlines, uh, when my showings are, all of these different things. Because I have to have that in place. Because if you don't have that organization, you don't have those systems, it's, it can be very overwhelming. Sounds good. I can't think of anything else I could I could ask that we haven't touched on. Uh, anything you want to finish up with? Oh, man, I could literally talk all day, every day about uh, this topic because you're asking me questions about what I love to do every single day. So it's really easy for me to answer these questions and continue to talk. Um, I think I think the one thing that I want to say to anybody who's listening to this podcast, if you're specifically thinking about getting into real estate or you're thinking about, you know, making a move or doing anything else because it may not be what you first expected, is have conversations with people who have been in the business, ask around, and I'll tell you right now that the most successful people I know in this business are the people who are going to be the most willing to share information to help you be better at that. And I think that's the thing that I throughout this entire podcast want to get off my chest more than anything when I'm helping other people people in the real estate industry is there are plenty of professionals who are out there who are doing things by being kind, by sharing their knowledge, and they're willing to help you be better at what you do. Okay. I do have one question. One Let's last go. question. Why FC Tucker Emge? Uh, why not FC Tucker Emge is, is the answer because, um, you know, obviously, like I said, I'm biased. I've been there my entire career, but I'll also say I've been recruited by several other people. I've been offered, you know, different splits. I've been offered all these things. I've, I've had a plenty of people who have been interested in having me come to work for their organization. And while it's very flattering, 
I've never even really considered moving to any other place or any other brokerages. Um, I've I had plenty of people ask me when I'm going to start my own company. And again, I have real, really no interest in doing that. I'm in a position where I have support from the owners of the company who understand what I'm passionate about, that know that I love teaching and educating and want to speak and go out and train other agents, that know that I want to build a team and make sure that I'm bringing other people along on the journey to success and are happy to have me there, that value my input, that bring me along with their success and help celebrate my own successes, I really couldn't imagine being anywhere else. When we first joined with FC Tucker, we were told, oh, it's the Tucker team or it's the Tucker family. And I was like, okay, I'm 19, 20 years old. And I'm like, maybe 21, 22 at the time. I'm trying to think it was 2008. So 21 years old. I'm like, oh yeah, of course it's the Tucker family. You're going to tell everybody that when you're bringing them on. We went to an event a couple weeks later and the owners of the company at that time remembered my name, remembered my uh, girlfriend's name at the time, asked if she was going to be joining us. And that has never changed. They've always been interested in who I am and not just that I am an agent of theirs. And I could not think of another place that I would ever be happier at. Well, Aaron, thanks for being a guest on your own podcast. And, uh, you know, uh, I hope that, uh, you know, I asked some good questions and hope uh, you enjoyed this. And, uh, you know, it, uh, like I said, you know, it gets me thinking, me, maybe I'll start my own podcast. Uh, and, uh, you know, my two or three followers will probably gain a lot of wisdom. Hey, you know what? I don't think that's a bad idea at all. If you ever have any questions on how to get it up and running, I'll be happy to give you a little behind the scenes look on not just the editing process, but also how I get this all distributed out there. Sounds good. So thanks a lot, Aaron. No problem. Hey, if you want to come and interview me on the Aaron Advantage podcast, go ahead and reach out to my sister, Alyssa, at Alyssa at, at, at the Aaron Advantage.com. Got to remember her own email address. Uh, this was absolutely a blast. I hope you guys got some great information from this. Hey, this is Aaron Luttrell. Thank you so much for checking out the Aaron Advantage podcast. If you would like to be a guest, please feel free to reach out to me anytime. We're always looking for other people to interview.